Hi folks and welcome to today's episode of the Polaroids and Polar Bears podcast. I'm your host and editor of Polaroids and Polar Bears, Chris Brown. Today I'm joined all the way from Singapore by Christopher Savildston, the creator of Black Void, a dark fantasy tabletop RPG set in a distant past that is both familiar and utterly different. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Um, thanks for making the time, because I know it's a pretty busy day for you. I think about 30 minutes ago, you literally pressed go on your Kickstarter for your new supplement for Black Void. Um, so, exactly. So we're not going into too much detail about that yet, because I've got loads of questions about the new supplement. But how, how, how has that gone so far? Has it all been a bit stressful with the, with the pressing go button, or are you calm yeah. and collected? I mean, it, it is stressful. There's been a lot of preparation going into it, obviously. Um, but having done it once before, I've learned sort of the ins and outs a little bit. So I think I was probably more stressed the first time I did it. Um, so, yeah, but a lot going on for sure. Um, so Black Void, uh, I've had it sitting on my bookshelf for a, for a while now. Um, and it's one of those ones that I pick up quite regularly, actually, because I absolutely love the artwork of it as well i think the artwork is fantastic um and obviously the story and everything behind it as well i think it's very different to what's out there at the moment so for anybody that's not heard about black void before can you tell us what it's all about right well it it revolves around the fall and and resurgence of humanity after um after earth is uh, is more or less destroyed by what's called a void tempest and we're back in babylonian times and then what happens is that humanity is thrown out amongst the stars and and sort of gather in a place called lin the eternal where they have to build themselves up from scratch more or less so it's uh, it's dark fantasy but probably unlike anything you've seen before because it's sort of like sword sandals and sorcery but with aliens thrown into the mix i guess you could say nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i guess with horrors that i mean i know there are other horror or dark fantasy titles out there but i think people always things of like people always think about things like call of cthulhu and things like that um yeah and uh, you know i've been playing board games for a few years now but when we get people ask me for recommendations on games although you don't like to compare uh, games to other titles it's quite handy to say to people oh well if you like this game you'll like that so not that i want you to compare black void to anything Mm. else because obviously it is different but are there certain types of players that you're trying to attract or you know if they play a certain type of game they might be interested in in black void what what do you think is is the link well, I think definitely people who like Planescape will will probably like uh, Black Void, um, and I think people who 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 like sort of the the darker games, but but want to try something different as well. You know, um, people who like maybe Dark Heresy, uh, probably Numenera. Uh, there are there are some people that think it has a bit of a shadow runny feel to it, although it's not sci-fi, obviously. Um, people who like Conan might like it as well. Nice. Um, some people who are into Call of Cthulhu would probably appreciate it as well. I think uh, players who like most of the World of Darkness um, books would probably uh, would probably be be quite into it as well. 
brilliant. So it sounds like it's quite almost like a classic title in terms of because obviously a lot of those games have been around for for quite a, a long time, and there's there's plenty mm. of new RPGs out there at the moment that I guess maybe may try to reinvent the wheel. But you kind of you sit quite nicely with sort of perhaps some of the more classic uh, dark fantasy titles. Well, I, to a certain extent, yes, but I think I think Black Void is sort of it's not really like any of those, but there's a certain atmosphere to it that that I think would appeal to to gamers who sort of like that. I mean, what what I wanted to do was to sort of bring bring back the wonder, um, because I mean, by now everybody sort of knows what an orc is and what a goblin is and what an elf is, and and you have none of that in Black Void. So I really wanted to to introduce something new, something that, that felt fresh. Um, mm-hmm. Also, so that the, the players, um, you know, when they come across things, they don't already know what it is before anything has sort of happened, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think from what I've heard from people, at least, I, that has been achieved. So, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. And how do you start that process? Because like you said, there's uh, a lot of games talk about, you know, they're based on those traditional races, so your dwarves, your humans, your elves, things like that. So to create, I mean, like I said, I, I love the back of the book with all the monsters and, and everything like that. And you kind of look through and you're like, I have not seen anything as terrifying as some of the things at the back of this book. <laughs> but they, they all seem very new um, and very different to what people are familiar with in you know that stereotypical monster. So where do you even start with creating these these new entities well actually a lot of it is inspired by deep sea creatures um because there are some really weird looking things roaming around down there (laughs) um and then it's just you know sort of combining different ideas and and quite often i let the artists come with ideas as well to sort of inspire me um so so it's a mix of a lot of things but but one of the things that i always try to do is is to sort of stay away from the tropes um because there you know there are tons of games that do those very very well um and and i don't want to do that i want to do something that, that that has that freshness to it that has that something something rather new um so, so I think you know, looking in 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 sort of weird places uh, for that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear that that's been uh, successful as well because yeah, it seems like at least most of the species are, are rather new to, uh, to yeah. people. Well, weird is always good for games. Weird is weird yeah. is always good. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the the game itself, then, um, obviously the the uh, initial book is quite a substantial book um, in terms yep. of the content that's in there, and obviously <laughs> we haven't got all day to go through that. Um, but how? Um, what are the mechanics behind the game then? Sort of like in a nutshell, how how do you play Blackboard? Right. What sort of the system is it? Well, the 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 initial plan was to make it quite simple um and and i think that has worked quite well it's based on d12 rather than the d20 um and the reason for that is that you have 
a, a bit more drama in it because you have critical failure on natural rolls of ones and exceptional uh, success on roll of 12, which, which obviously happens quite a lot more often than it, do, it does on the, on the D20. Mm -hmm. um, and that really lends itself quite well because I wanted to really sort of build that drama into the stories that you tell with this. Um, but other than that, it's pretty basic. I mean, you, you roll a d12 and you add your modifiers and then you do that, you take that against a set difficulty and that's how actions are done. And pretty much everything is based on that simple mechanic um, to make it quite simple. So once you sort of cast, uh, catch the gist of, of the basics, everything flows quite easily. Um, there are some people that have said it's quite crunchy because I like tables and there are quite a few tables in the core book. <laughs> um, but, but my experience and everybody's, uh, everybody I've talked to says that, you know, once you sort of, like I said, get the gist of it, it isn't all that crunchy anyway. It just, yeah. it just looks like it when you sort of, you know, uh, flip through the book. Um, in terms of, I guess, character creation then, um, yes. can you talk to us about that? What, what's the process? What are the... What can you do? What can't you do? How do you go about creating your, your character for Black Void? Right. Well, that's quite simple. You can do pretty much anything you like. It's a, it's a point by system. Um, so you don't, there's no classes, there's no alignment, there's none of all that. So it's basically you get a certain amount of points. And based on that, you choose your traits, which is your basic characteristics of physical, mental and social uh, capabilities. And then you have a certain amount of points that you use for uh, skills and you can choose backgrounds and you can get attributes so you can basically build a character which has wings and, and claws and tusks and, and pretty much whatever you like wow <laughs> that's yeah that's a very different way to create it isn't it which is great because it kind of really opens it up because as i said like some some titles can be quite um restrictive um with um how they um, how you create your characters, both from the races and, and everything else. So it's kind of nice to see something a little bit more um, open from that. Um, in terms of, obviously, we talk, briefly talked about your new Kickstarter, um, to, which is which is launched today uh, under the Nebulous Skies. Um, what is this thing? Because this isn't the first supplement that you've released, is it, for, for Black Void? No, we... Well, we released uh, we've released we released a, a campaign along with the core rulebook when that launched last year, uh, which is called "Those Who Would Be Gods." And then we released um, "Dark Dealings in the Shaded Sook" uh, not too long ago, um, which was a standalone adventure. But the "Under the Nebulous Sky" is the first uh, source book and travelogue and campaign book that we are releasing. So it's sort of three in one. So it's partially a source book, which is new character creation options, new weapons, new uh, systems for building void vessels so you can travel the cosmos. And it's a part travelogue where we deep dive into two districts in Lynn the Eternal, which is sort of the main setting of Black Void. Um, and then it's the first part of a grand campaign trilogy, which will then be continued in, uh, in later releases. All right. Okay. So what um in terms of the extra character 
development aspect of the different feats and things like that. Can you give us like an idea of what those sort of things? Because it already sounds a pretty open game, like you said from the initial book. You know, being able to grow wings and horns and all this sort of thing. So, is there anything in particular that you're quite excited players to explore or experiment with in terms of that that character development? Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, in the game, basically all characters are humans. Um, some of them can be half-bloods, which is half-human, half-something else, or void mark, which is basically half-human, half-something esoteric, uh, like demons and so on and so forth. Um, but quite a few people have asked when they get to play some of the other species that you find in the game. And I, I, I sort of really don't want to introduce that because the, the core point of everything is that you are a human and that you're trying to find your way in this vast and unfamiliar cosmos. But what I have done now is I've taken some of the half-blood species and made them specific so that they're half one of the other known species in the game, which will bring people sort of closer to uh, to that while still retaining humanity as their, uh, as their player characters. I'm quite excited how to you know how people are going to respond to that. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really great. Brilliant. And do people ever share with you their characters? Um, yes. Are there any any that stick out that you think, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Many, but that's the fun part. I mean, we have a we have a very vibrant uh, community on Discord where we have a lot of people that uh, you know chat all the time, which is really really great. And where people share their stories and their characters and you know what they come up with and pose questions and so on and so forth so i really get quite a lot of very cool input from uh, from the community there so uh, we've definitely seen some interesting ones brilliant um and then you know it's it's on kickstarter so there are inevitably uh, backer levels and pledge levels and things like that um what can you talk to us about the pledge levels and i guess what what people get what's the bang for the book as it were if they if they back <laughs> well, we have um, a digital pledge level, um, which is basically under Nebulous Skies in, in the PDF version. Um, and they're in Danish kroner on the site, so I have to sort of just check what they actually are in in currencies that people know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always complicated when you back exactly. something in. So the, the, the digital version is around $14, something okay. along those lines. Um, and then we have the basic physical edition where you get the hardback book uh, of Under Nebulous Skies, which is, oh, what is it? I think it's around 30 something dollars. And then we have an early adopter where you not only get the hardback book, but you also get uh, the pre launch version of a 130 uh, page adventure that was written by me and Crystal Mazur. Um, called Into the Oblivious Depths. It's going to be released later, but this is a pre-launch for Kickstarter uh, backers. Okay. So that's quite cool. And then we have two um, pledge tiers called, one is called Denizen, the other is called Proprietor, and one you actually get to design uh, an NPC that goes into this uh, into this book, and we will uh, get a... Uh, uh, an artwork for that NPC and the proprietor you get to design a location and we will have a, a map worked out for uh, for that location and add any details that we think might be uh, be needed 
And the last one is that you get the um, you know you get the book and you get the the additional adventure and you can have a, a game session with me as the game master as well. Okay, that's quite cool. I mean, you you know, like having a, a game session with the creator of Black Void. That's yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Look into that one. Um, if anyone hasn't checked out Black Void, I would I would massively recommend it. Um, and I'm I'm. I, I do like digital versions, but I personally struggle to absorb the information when it's on a on a on a screen. Um, so I always prefer like the physical books. Um, but I, I cannot recommend um, the book itself on its own, the original Black Void, because the like I said, the artwork and everything, I, I, it just doesn't feel the same if it's on 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 digital screen. But that that's just me. So I'll be spending a bit more money <laughs> on <laughs> should. So um, so yeah. Um, and um, what's the how long have people got? Because obviously people will be listening at different points. What's the cutoff date for for backers then? Right, so the, the campaign itself is going to run 30 days, um, and the early adopter uh, is going to run until the 18th. Um, so, yeah, those are, the, those are the timelines. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Very looking forward to uh, seeing what comes of that then. And I've, I've had, you know, been watching it since you launched, and um, I can, yeah, the, the pound signs while on my screen are going up every couple of minutes, so, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is great to see people jumping on it uh, on the yeah. bandwagon there. <laughs> Moving away from from Black Void, then I guess if it's all right, we'll talk to you about I guess your own journey into uh, developing the, the the series or now series, uh, and how you got into creating it. Where did you where did you start on that journey in terms of uh, of creating your uh, Black Void and and getting into um, game development? Well, I've I've always sort of preferred to 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 homebrew stuff ever since I was quite young. I mean, I started with role playing games when I was probably ten or twelve, um, and then um, even back then, I I think I sort of you know composed my own stories and played those with my friends and so on and so forth. And so so I've always it's always been something I haven't I don't think I've ever run pre-made adventure to be quite honest it's always been been homebrews and and stuff i came up with um and then you know this idea sort of it started to build and then i really got quite enthusiastic about it and and just it's been building for probably i think 15 years or so to be wow, quite honest okay. with you on and off obviously yeah. but uh um, and what it looks like now is is very far from from what it started out as um but but I've always had this you know this this dream that maybe one day I could actually publish this thing, mm-hmm. um, and then I think probably two three years ago something like that I realized that people were actually uh, doing crowdfunding and 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 getting the money to actually publish their their things and I I backed a couple of those and then I thought wow if they can do it maybe I can do it you know. Um, so I reached out to some of these people and they were all very kind and get back to me very quickly and said, yeah, of course you should do it, you know, give it a go. Um, so, so I was at a place in my, in my life and my career where I actually had the opportunity to go for it. So I had a chat with my wife asking her if she could sort of carry the financial burden for a while while I, while I tried out this, this boy dream of mine, this boyhood dream. (laughs) (laughs) And strangely enough, she said, yes. Brilliant. So uh, and here we are. 
you know, three years later with what three books under the belt and hopefully a fourth one on the way. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, living the dream. Sounds it, it really does. Um, in terms of the Kickstarter, then, um, I guess have you got any advice for anybody that's that's looking to crowdfund one of their their own projects? Because I think. It, there are some companies that do Kickstarter quite regularly um, and they almost do it for, for most of their releases. Um, so it becomes almost old hat for, for some people and some things get backed within, you know, minutes because they've been doing it for like 10 years, <laughs> you know, so they've sure. got, they've got that audience. And it's almost like rather than crowdfunding, it's almost seen as almost like a pre-order function, which yeah, personally exactly. I don't agree with, but yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> if that's how you get your game funded or whatever. Um, but yeah, have you got any, having done Kickstarter, before and kind of learnt from that initial process is are there any tips that you want to share with people in terms of if they're, they're thinking of of um speaking to their better halves <laughs> to see if they can, <laughs> whilst they um you know launch a new kickstarter any any tips or anything well i mean one of the things is basically to make sure you have a community to start off with um if you're trying to get anything with with a certain budget for it, um, you know, create some create some noise. Make sure you have some people already interested in it before you launch it. That's what I did with the first one. Um, at least I, and that's what I was was advised to do as well. So I I send out the uh, the quick start version back then, in exchange for people's email address, which meant I could send it to them as soon as the Kickstarter launched. So we already had you know some interest garnered there. Um, and I mean, I read a, uh, a great book called The Crowd Sorceress um, about an American who she's actually made it her business now to do Kickstarters uh, for other people um, with tons of good advice. You know, plan your plan your journey. Make sure you you know you know what you want to achieve, who you want to reach out to, your branding and all that stuff. But I think Kickstarter has changed a lot in the past. Yeah, since I launched, actually, now it's more like a a kick finisher rather than a Kickstarter, probably, because most people want to to back things that they know are gonna happen. Yeah, which means you have to be at a certain stage developmentally uh, for the project before you really launch it, so that you can really actually show off what it is you want to do you know the days where you could say i have i have a bright idea and just jot down like two paragraphs about it and then get funded i think those days are pretty much gone yeah it's it's gotten very professional there's a lot of money in it um like i said you have agencies that do nothing but kickstarters for other people um so it's a different kind of game now but uh, that being said you know go for it do it because there's there's a lot of of cool games getting funded and also ones that are are very sort of down to earth um and don't spend a big budget on it uh, but just have a really really cool idea um so yeah i think it's a great way to actually find new titles and new creators as well yes. because well, i mean i'm not sure where you live but where, where i live there are very very few game stores um around here i have to probably travel probably about an hour to get to a decent enough game store that kind of dabbles in different titles that aren't, you know, your, I'll say in inverted commas, but sort of your, your, your mainstream titles that you would see everywhere. So trying to find the titles that are a little bit different um, can be quite 
difficult because they're you know they're they're just not in the shops. So actually, I I found many a night I'll sit on Kickstarter just looking at things, but hopefully to back. But all, actually, just keep an eye out for games that might be of interest when they you know when they do hit retail. Definitely, um, yeah. Um, you know, because I'm also incredibly impatient, and uh, <laughs> I, like, I don't like waiting for games. No, um, exactly. So, um, yeah, we went through. I think we went to UK Games Expo uh, last year, and then from that, we backed quite a few things. And over the past month or so, I'd forgotten about quite a few things. And I think there's a period That's in one what week. Happens, right? You back it, and then like half a year later, or a year later, something comes in through your door, and you're like, "Whoa, That's... I've forgotten about this." That's it. I had one on the weekend. Um, uh, delivered um, and it came in it's the biggest box I've ever owned for a game and it was <laughs> Mythic, Mythic Games Super Fantasy Brawl and I completely forgot about it so when they came to me with this massive package I was like what is what have I ordered <laughs> when was this um, but yeah you do you know it is, it is a great tool to find new creators I think and new titles yeah. and just a, and also and it quite it's Christmas year round oh, because you get presents out of the blue right you give them to yourself but still this is it. Set a Kickstarter budget each month, and then yes. just do it, and and then just keep the momentum going. And every month you'll have a new game, new game, <laughs> once you've got into that routine. So uh, that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, well, thank you ever so much uh, for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, Black Void under Nebulous Skies is on Kickstarter at the moment, and it's on for about 30 days. Um, so you need to get in there quick, as with all Kickstarters, and it's already doing well um, with the tracker because I've just had another look. Um, and I'm sh- sure you'll be sitting on it as well, just refreshing the page like I do with these. I might uh, <laughs> peek a little bit now and again, yes. <laughs> um, but yes, um, I'll put the links on so when we upload the podcast um, so people can easily find the links and we'll be sharing it on uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook and things like that as well. Um, but yeah, Chris, thanks ever so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the Kickstarter. I'll be placing my order um, hopefully today once I've got paid so yes <laughs> it's, it's good time it's payday today so it's good timing for that so yeah thanks very much Chris thank you for having me thank you